Jensen Button, Axe Verstappen, Esteban Ocon, Daniel Ricardo, Sergio Perez, Christian Horner, Nicholas Latifi, Antonio Giovinazzi, Will Buxton, Jamie Chadwick, Valtteri Bottas, Lewis Hamilton, Yuki Sonoda, Nico Hulkenberg, Serena Williams, Charles Leclerc, Gunter Steiner, Jerry Hollowell, Tiffany Cromwell, Carlos Sainz, Lando Norris, Lance Stroll, George Russell, Total Wolf, Sebastian Vettel, Pierre Gasly, Fernando Alonso, Alex Albon, Martin Brundle, Nick Schumacher, Roman Grosjean, Kimi Raikkonen. Hello! Welcome to Roommates. We are four Americans who talk about Formula One ephemera and other racing-related things. I'm Andy. I'm David. I'm Amelia. And I'm Tommy. This weekend is the Mexico Grand Prix. The pole sitter, whoever wins qualifying, is going to get a miniature version of whose helmet is it? Juan Manuel Fangio. Anyways, you get an old-timey racing helmet. So I'd like to know if there is a race in your hometown, what would the pole sitter get a miniature version of? David, you can go first because you were spring-loaded on this one. This is actually a, a serious answer. They would get a little mini stagecoach because apparently there was like an old, old-timey stagecoach operation in my hometown of Banning, California. And, and we have stagecoach festivals and... I don't know. It's weird, but yeah, they, they get that. That's actually pretty cool. Honestly. Yeah. A Tommy, you would get like, like a, like a counterfeit Mickey mouse bobblehead. <laughs> <laughs> Too easy. Next question. You get Roman, you get Roman Grosjean's Mickey glove. <laughs> you get a really fruity hand transplant. If you know what I mean. <laughs> Amelia, what do you get if you are the pole sitter in the uh, theoretical race at your hometown? Yeah, in Lafayette, California, you do get a helmet, but this time it's Joe Montana's helmet because he is a resident of Lafayette. Mm. Uh, alternatively, you can get an Alanis Morissette CD because she's there too now. Wait, she lives there now? Apparently. Wow. Well, why? <laughs> I mean, there's like some beautiful rolling hills. And like I said, the public schools are good, but yeah, I don't know. Rich people like it. Does everybody buy their uh, used cars from uh, Joe Montana's dealerships out there? Oh, I'm sure. And he used to buy used books at the Lafayette bookstore before it closed. What did he read? I don't know. I'll ask my mom. She used to work there and I think she like sold him a book once. Joe Montana book is a very interesting fun fact. He can read. He can read. If you won a race, the Pittsburgh Grand Prix, you would also get a miniature Joe Montana helmet because he's from Western Pennsylvania. And that's what they call in the business a callback. No? Yeah. Okay. Pretty good. Cool. David, good to have you back. David was actually traveling for the last week. If you were listening to roommates last week, you would have noticed his absence. And he was at, as we mentioned, the Austin Grand Prix. And he is going to give 90 seconds of what he says, the good, the bad, the transportation of his thoughts on the Austin Grand Prix, because he overruled my decree that he was going to do 90 seconds complaining about the WTF1 episode about, about sprint races. But this podcast is a democracy and people have free will. David, are you ready? Yeah, that's what happens when it's a Google Doc. True. All right, ready? Go. Ready. All right. So Austin GP, live and in color. It was amazing. 
surpassed all expectations. The good was the circuit. Circuit's awesome. It's like state of the art. I've never seen another circuit really, but I kind of imagined it would be like kind of a crap hole. And it was amazing. Grandstands are great. Amenities are great. Merch is out of this world. F1 fragrances are there. Everything you could possibly want. The bad, there wasn't too much bad. Maybe the heat. Yeah, I guess usually it's cold, but it was hotter than sin there. And then the transportation, which is taking place for the ugly. Yeah, getting there was a pain. Getting out was worse. It was very expensive. It was a learning experience. The whole, the whole thing was just like exhausting. But uh, yeah, it was amazing. The view from turn one is insane, and the the circuit's just just awesome. So it was a fun time. We should all go sometime. I figured that was around twenty five more seconds. Oh, do I? Oh, wow. Okay. Do you know the alphabet? Hey, you're not. <laughs> I backwards. No, I mean there. You know, everybody was cool. Person. It was very strange to be around F1 fans in mass. I had to like train myself to stop like whipping my neck around every time I saw one because they were just everywhere. Yeah, it was a good time. Time. Beep. All right. Thank that you. is a really like unforeseen side effect of getting really into Formula One in the United States. Is even now with the popularity blowing up, like. I see somebody wearing like Scuderia Ferrari stuff and I just like want to like accost them immediately <laughs> on the street in Manhattan for some reason. Actually, I do. I'll just like run over and be like, hey, hey, is that McLaren, they're having a great season. And then they're like, well, do I know you? And I'm like, no, 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 no. We're friends though. Not uh, yet. <laughs> yeah. street, like, sir, sir, who do you think is going to have the second seat at Alpha next year? Sir. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. You owe me a response. <laughs> do we want to go ahead and jump into Mexico? Or do we want to do some, some Lucy's first? Mexico it is. All right. Mexico. We'll do Lucy's at the end. To set the scene for you, fair listener, we just finished watching Mexico 2016 or watching most of it. We fast forwarded through a lot of it because it was a little bit boring. And uh, also we're tired. And we want to go around if anyone has thoughts about that race. Yeah, um, it's not really about the race. It's more like the 2016 broadcast with some pretty terrible graphics mm. that make even less sense than the ones do now. But the track looks really cool. The track Those does my- look cool as hell, yeah. I'm really thrilled for the track, yeah. But yeah, it's hard to keep up, man. I mean, like the way that they display the information on the bottom, the lack of like, you know, information about what team people are on, genuinely awful. And honestly, coming out of this, I'm going to praise Daddy Bezos because AWS kicks ass. No, no. <laughs> AWS. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. This pre-Liberty stuff. I know, we've, I know we've talked about it a little bit, but I'm just like, every time I go back and watch an old race, it's like, I would have never watched this sport. It just wouldn't have stuck. I would have hated it. It would have been like, you know, it would have been cool, like on a novelty to like flip through the channels and be like, oh, F1's on. But then I'd get there and I'd be like, this is terrible. Nothing makes sense. So yeah, good job, Liberty. Like, there's one race I watched. It was basically just like a Lewis Hamilton show. It was like the weather was bad, and he just like rode on crappy tires the entire time and won. That was okay with the old graphics, but a race like today, like the one we watched today, where like it's impossible to know what's going on. Like it was so hard to follow what was going on in the race. I never knew who was winning. Like at some point, like you're watching uh, Alonzo and someone else battle for 13th place for like five minutes without any real context about why it matters. And then, like, meanwhile, like all of a sudden, like Sebastian Vettel's in first place and like you don't understand how. It's just like incredibly confusing. 
Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I think we're really take away from this is older races are hard to watch and Mexico, the, 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 what is it? Los Hermanos Rodriguez. Do we know who they are? Okay. So it was named after Ricardo and Pedro Rodriguez. Uh, it got its name pretty soon after it opened when Ricardo died in practice for uh, the non-championship 1962 Mexican Grand Prix. Wow. It's been there since 1962. Yeah, probably, probably upgraded since yeah. then. But yeah, I would imagine some of those grandstands are. are oh, new. And then Pedro was also killed there nine years later. Wow. Wait, who, who was also killed? His brother, like the two brothers. Oh, so that's the Hermanos Muertos. Was it just, was it just the first brother? Like, and then when the other one died, they're like, well, now it's both of them. I don't, I, that's just a- add an S at the end of the. Any of the original track names it wasn't remarkable enough when only one brother had died. <laughs> yeah. Oddly, they had expected the second brother to die first, but the first brother, who is beloved and and a bit of a prodigy, died first. I think is what happened. Yeah, not a lot of people know that. Imagine if it was triplets and they all died simultaneously in separate accidents, or one of them survived. Oh. And- and sensed uh, accident from afar. In the Final Destination movies, but if I had, I would make a joke about them. They're they're the first one's pretty funny. Final transportation. <laughs> it is it is basically more about transportation, I think, that movie. <laughs> the dangers of various types of transportation. Yeah. How you can die on a funicular and a gondola. <laughs> and a penny farthing. A penny farthing. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta be easy to die on a penny farthing. This is far too easy to die on a penny farthing. Like racing around the Hermanos Autodromo. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta watch it. What? Yeah. What? Now I'm trying to think of an indie filmmaker who'd make a movie about penny farthing racing. Easy. (laughs) Yeah, it's right there. (laughs) Yeah, but I don't think he'd go to Mexico. I guess he might. He would. All right. Wes Anderson's <laughs> next movie will be about bike racing in the 60s in, in Mexico City. Wait, he made, oh my gosh, he made a short with John, whatever his name is, that's in all, all of us. And uh, no, he made a short where it was like an Italian like street Wes car. Anderson presents Garfield. <laughs> Man, you guys got to look this up. I think it, it came out right before uh, Grand Budapest and it was Jason, Jason Schwartzman. Oh, um, and he was like a racing driver racing this like old school, like 1950s Fangio car, basically. So there's some precedent here. Hmm. That sounds fun. We got to get Wes Anderson on the pod. Hey, not to divert too much, but I'm going to divert too much. I saw the French dispatch last night and hmm. instant favorite, instant favorite Wes Anderson movie. Wow. Really? Perfect. It is an excellent movie. And also there's some, all of his recent ones, have been little hurt, bike though. scenes as well. Ah, yeah. No, it's fantastic. I mean, yeah, Moonrise is probably my favorite. I know that's probably might be controversial, but um, stuff. I've never seen one I disliked. I mean, Isle of yeah. Dogs, ambivalent, but all right, we're getting way too off topic here. Sorry. I, I could, I, I could, could I'm shocked. It's fantastic, Mr. Fox, and even that seemed like an outlier. So whatever. I loved that one. They're, I mean, they're all, they're all good. Maybe yeah. not all, all, but most of them are good. They're definitely not all good. Sorry to be like that. <laughs> <laughs> right, which one do you hate, Amelia? Which one don't I hate? Whoa, Amelia! Wow, damn. I mean, 
Maybe that was a bit harsh. Yeah, let's move on. Let's move on. Oh, all right. I mean, I'm out on like the Patreon episode. <laughs> somebody, somebody's been on too many dates with white men. So true. <laughs> yeah, this that's for the Patreon discussions of which driver is like Amelia's latest disappointing date. I mean, we've got the entire grid now. So wow. <laughs> hinge for uh, race car drivers. I don't know. There's something there. Why yeah. she wants more teams, so she has more uh, dates <laughs> to compare it to. Yeah, I'm, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's a cool track. It's got a big like half stadium that the track goes through. Some nice straights where you see some speed. There's the air. We can talk about the air, right? Got to talk about the air. Yeah. So Mexico is very, very high in the sky, which means the air is thin, which has all these effects on how the cars move and whatnot and changes the race. You get less drag. There's less downforce, I think. I mean, Part of the cool just thing. for the sake of combustion, right? I mean, like with thinner air, it's going to mean less power. Is that, is that true? And does yeah. that affect Mercedes more? Like what's Same the deal thing. with that? Something, something, something turbo of Red Bull is better than something, something, something turbo. Because it's like the air intake or whatever. So I, I really like the idea of like people, you know, debating the effect of elevation on sports, specifically with like the Denver Broncos. Some people insist that it's a huge, impactful thing. Some people claim that it does nothing. Can, uh, can I, I just look it up? And the, uh, the autodrome in Mexico is 2,000 and change feet higher than the stadium that the Broncos play in. So if you're going to get it anywhere, you're going to get it there. And I will say climbing stairs in Mexico, exhausting. I can tell you sort of coincidentally, after Austin, I was in Colorado and I haven't been in higher than sea level elevation for like, I don't know, three years. And even then it's probably like the White Mountains, which is, you know, 4,000 tops. I felt like crap in Colorado. And I'm pretty sure it was just, I'm pretty sure it was just the elevation. It sucked just walking uphill around paths. Like it was awful. So I don't know if it was just me and my body, but. I guess uh, we're not going to Mexico City then because David will die. <laughs> I'll probably get sick the whole time. Yeah. In my <laughs> homeland of my. All of us for going like two minutes talking about elevation in Colorado without like making just the most obvious weed joke. Mile <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> Who do you think on the grid right now has ever has gotten the highest? Kimmy. Kimmy. Wait, no. When we talk about Kimmy, though, are we just are we including all substances? I just want to know who's like who can who can take the biggest bong rip of anybody on the grid. Geo. <laughs> I could see that. I would say Charles. You think? I, I really yeah. think it's. I really think it's. No, Kimmy. Charles is more of like a designer drug kind of guy. Yeah. I think everybody is into pills except for like, or I don't know. Pierre does seem a little too clean cut, but I, I can definitely see him like smoking out of a, a glass skull. All right. I'll say this. I think that Kimmy has gotten the highest. He might actually be the only one who's gotten high off of autoerotic asphyxiation. I cut that to where I say it right. It's got to be. Yeah, I could see Kimmy being like secret piss pig or something. Kimmy, Kimmy's dropping out of Formula One because he's being fin-dommed into bankruptcy. <laughs> All right, we've driven this joke into the ground. Um, the air is very thin in Mexico City. Apparently that is good for Red Bull. 
right? Everyone keeps saying it's a Red Bull track. I'm not going to argue with everyone. So sure. All right. I think if it is a Red Bull track, I would love to see Mexico zone Sergio Perez end up in like some kind of competition with Max Verstappen and the pit tries to get Max, tries to get Checo to give the place up to Max. And Checo is like, hell no, I'm, I'm not going to like fold in front of all my people. And it's controversial. That's what I'm rooting for. Potential. I don't know. I've been thinking about it a lot. I don't know what the right answer is if Checo's leading the race. I think the right answer is for Max to win because they've been building up to this point, you know, outside of the constructors, like they want Max to win the championship. So keep that narrative going. I think he'll yield if he's under team orders and let Max win. And I think Max will win. Yeah. I mean, I hate to say it. I, I know we're all like back on the, the Checo express after the last race. And I, I really am, you know, like I, I liked rooting for him. I, I got tired of hating on him really quickly, but I, I don't really see the um, string of uh, not dominance, but like surprisingly good returns continuing that much longer, even with the home crowd. I don't really know how much the home field advantage really does anything for drivers in F1. Actually, to bring it back, if he lives in Mexico City and is used to being in Mexico City, he might actually have an advantage because he's used to the altitude. Like that's, there's a non-zero chance that plays a factor. Although he raced one of his best races of the year last week while shitting or not shitting, while being severely dehydrated. Well, if we want to bring it to a point of like oxygen supply control and stuff like that, then Kimmy's going to do just as well as he is. <laughs> no, he's going to be distracted. He's been choking himself out during every race. Yeah, he's just like, he's got the belt. <laughs> That's why he's leaving Formula One. It's because he's, he's leaving Formula One to pursue a career. <laughs> Actually, he's going to be the first Alfa Romeo-sponsored autoerotic asphyxiator. He, he never performs very well in races these days because the good sub never finishes first. <laughs> Jesus. There's just unlimited jokes there. I mean, between this and uh, Nicholas Latifi secretly doing drag blackface. Wait, when did it become drag blackface? <laughs> we said that his alter ego was Queen Latifi. Right. That's where it came from. But you could do Queen Latifah drag without doing blackface. No, I know. He he chose to do it this way. Right. Okay. So we are implying that it's not the drag Queen Latifah that's the problem. It's the fact that he did it in blackface. Yeah, exactly. If he just appreciated right. the, the multi-talented artist Queen Latifah, it would have been one thing. What, uh, what era do you think he does? Do you think he does Chicago? Do you think he does like Ladies First? Do you think he does Living Single? Do you think he does Khadijah from Set It Off? I mean, my mind immediately went to set it off. I, I'm glad that you remembered the name of it for me. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> Thank you. Andy. So we're talking about, about Nicholas Latifi with like braids and like Nicholas Latifi, like crashing. His drives have not been worthy of the equalizer era Latifa that we're currently living in. <laughs> Man. Well, so since we're talking about things that are problematic, do we want to pivot to... Um, on WTF one, I don't remember which which of the hosts was talking about how like he said there were a bunch of Mexican fans at the Austin GP because Mexico is close to Texas. Katie said that not to call her out. Um, I thought it was Tommy actually, but it was Tommy. I don't think it was clear different Tommy. 
I feel like everyone caught that. I was like, y'all really. That's right. Yeah. It raises the question do you think that Europeans, like, do Europeans know, like, what Mexico is with, in, like, in relationship to, like, America? Absolutely not. I mean, to be fair, they, they probably just think of it. Well, I don't, I don't know. I mean, the EU passport, like you can just kind of go anywhere, but does that still apply after Brexit? I don't really know anymore, but maybe they just think like, you know, you can just like easily cross like national, like land borders with, with ease for minor events and stuff. Yeah. But like, do they know that like our government has been like waging a war on Mexican immigration for the last 15, 20 years? I don't know. It's hard to say. I mean, like you always see like the videos of people being shocked at like how like weird and shitty life is here with like our healthcare system and gun violence. Maybe they don't even get around to like our, you know, immigration issues. And also it's not like they've got like a, a great history of like race relations there either, you know? Yeah. I, and the other part is like, I'm pretty sure most of the Mexicans that were at the race were American citizens that lived in Texas probably, but it's weird to be like, oh, the race is so close to Mexico. That's why there are a lot of Mexicans. It's like, the race is really close to El Paso and San Antonio. And yeah. I, I mean, like, Austin. first and foremost, like, the race is not very close to Mexico. It's like... Dude, not only that, but, like, they're having a race in Mexico this week. <laughs> like, if you live in Mexico and wanted to see a Mexican race, like, you know, good news. <laughs> Good news. Have we got the thing for you? Yeah. <laughs> I love how they were talking about like the U.S. Grand Prix and being like, it's the next closest thing to a home race for Checo. Like, dude, the Mexican yeah. Grand Prix is two weeks later. Like, that was the line that cracked me up. It was almost as good as when they said that it was like a, like a home race for Latifi. Yeah. Like, they just, I think they really do have like no concept of like, what is, what is North America? What are, yeah. what are the Americas? What is the relationship they have to one another? They don't know. Everything is so close together in Europe. It's quaint. <laughs> they got the little trains. They can just get everywhere they need to go in like an hour. They don't appreciate the 10-hour road trip for one weekend. Europe has never suffered driving 16 hours in a weekend to spend one night somewhere. Dude, yeah. From, from Key West to get out of Florida, like you're going to drive for at least like eight hours, you know, like they, they don't understand these sorts of things. They're from a tiny godforsaken Island. <laughs> they don't even get the, the beautiful force of the, the currents that my beloved Emerald Isle receives. <laughs> I just have a link on here that says, what does this mean? I think it's a, it's a Hazel Southwell thread. It's something about, there hasn't been any resurfacing around the stadium section. I don't know what this means. Something about the track breaking up in 2020. What does that mean? <laughs> Did McLaren write this tweet? Yeah, that's <laughs> a good question. You mean Ferrari? <laughs> Ferrari would just be like a picture of like the stadium emoji or something. And then like a stat about kilometers. Sometimes I feel like. Uh, Ferrari social media is just like trying to be made fun of on Formula Dank so bad. <laughs> it's it's like Tim and Eric though. It's not it's not memeable. I mean, it's not like it's not it's not mockable because it's just because they're it feels like they're trying. That's my theory. I don't think it feels like they're trying. I think it feels like they are like aliens who have stumbled upon the concept of social media and are just like so stock serious about it that like it's not. 
that easy to make fun of it because there's nothing that stands out. Like it's just incredibly pedestrian and like weird yet dry. It's like a friendly sterilized alien voice trying to use the internet. I don't know. It's got like an uncanny Valley vibe to it where it's like, it's not inaccurate, but something is off about it. Totally. It's like, who's like ancient relative wrote this. I don't know. (laughs) It just remind me of the uh, the motorcycle aliens from I Think You Should Leave. They're like, <laughs> they got F1 cars down there. <laughs> real F1 car? Yeah. <laughs> F1 car with a little house and Charles's girlfriend and mom in the back? <laughs> yeah. My favorite that is still at the very end when they run into the baby in the carriage and they're all excited about it. And the mom is just like, what are you... <laughs> Good stuff. Good sketch. I think when he first gets back to the ship and he's just like, oh, yeah, there's motorcycles. That's, that's my favorite part, too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. They got motorcycles. <laughs> that's, I feel like, that's the Ferrari tweet. Uh, there's a, yeah. <laughs> I feel like there's potentially could have been a very good Formula One social media moment where they like send one of the drivers down. He's just excited to see cars. And then he like goes back to the paddock and he's like, there's cars, guys. It would be Seb and he'd be like, oh, yeah, they got bees down there. <laughs> <laughs> Look at all this free trash I got from this. Thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Kimi, Kimi shows up just holding a bunch of belts. <laughs> oh yeah guys there's belts we didn't ask you about that. i don't care i'll be in my room <laughs> um amelia has not seen i think you should leave i'm assuming no, I'm not. yeah oh i feel bad amelia we <laughs> you've missed half of the jokes i've ever made <laughs> yeah that's fair <laughs> and you like, still laughed at them. You don't understand any of my tattoos? When we... <laughs> your corncob TV tattoo. Before we watch The Jerk, we'll do a viewing of I Think You Should Leave for Amelia. Yeah. On I Think You Should Amelia. Anyways. Uh, speaking of Amelia, um, you know, <laughs> not... not <laughs> <laughs> speaking yes. of our co-host who's currently in this in this uh, this pod with us I, I just want to point out that you are now the the third formula one adjacent person to fall victim to explosive diarrhea <laughs> <laughs> that's misleading <laughs> yeah to be clear it wasn't amelia this time it was uh a, a dog that she's dog sitting i think so amelia is just diarrhea adjacent <laughs> <laughs> Put that on your hinge profile. <laughs> yeah, she's uh she's an IBS ally. <laughs> Hashtag IBS strong. <laughs> like the only woman without IBS. He's laxinated. I mean, hot girls have IBS. That's just a, a weird... hot. Yeah. Oh, come on now. <laughs> I mean, I can digest food. Sorry. Yeah. What do you think is the worst digestion on the grid? I think it's George Russell. I think he's never, he's still oh. buttered noodles. <laughs> yeah, George. I, can see I don't that. think he's ever let his body digest his food. <laughs> he's so <laughs> repressed that when he like eats an English breakfast, the beans just like flee in terror from the spoon. <laughs> he's too British to eat. <laughs> it's none for me. Thanks. 
<laughs> he definitely runs the water in, uh, while he's pooping so no one can hear it. <laughs> Actually, ironically, he's perfectly comfortable shitting in his uh, suit because the car is so loud, no one can hear it. <laughs> That's the only place he sheds. Okay. So kind of like Alain Prost only ever had sex in F1 cars. George Russell stays in racing because it's the only place he feels comfortable having a bowel movement. He's constantly just going for a drive. It's like, man, that guy loves racing. <laughs> you gotta let the horses run if you know what I mean. <laughs> Do you think Lewis could pull off Mexican pointy boots? Have you guys seen Mexican pointy boots? Yes and yes. Okay. That's a totally serious question. I mean, we could ask that about everybody else on the grid, but I don't think anyone else on the grid would be able to like wear Mexican pointy boots. Fair? Fair. Senna, maybe? Could Senna wear Mexican pointy boots? Does Lewis wear skims? I could see it, you know, like a co-branded collab sort of thing. What are skims? That's uh, Kim Kardashian's loungewear or whatever. Shapewear. Do you think Kimi Raikkonen wears Spanx? All right, that was a reach. Never mind. (laughs) Trying to think of another driver that might, but... Uh, Unless they make, like, leather Spanx. I don't really see Kimi (laughs) (laughs) Raikkonen. We're really building out the Kimi Raikkonen S&M street mythology here. He made history as the first uh, F1 world champion who's also wearing a gimp suit underneath the suit. He's going to be led into the podium by his dom. (laughs) (laughs) He's on a leash. Zips open the mouth, drinks champagne. (laughs) (laughs) He's he's really into the idea of shoeies. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) Uh, okay all right all right amelia what do the stars say about mexico uh yeah i looked at the chart uh, because max right now is the favorite to win and from that chart i agree and i think that max you know failing any major catastrophes could very well win mexican grand prix so yeah he would be my pick do the stars say anything about a likelihood of accidents, weather, strange occurrences. Yeah, so the, the moon thing, the moon Uranus aspects that seem to have coincided with all the major crashes that have taken place this year during races um, is not in effect. There are no moon Uranus aspects on race day. Whack. So I don't think that we're going to get a major collision. And I don't think we'll get one for qualifying either. Man. So we could be looking at a boring race. I mean... I'm trying to think some of, of some exceptions of races where, you know, there wasn't major contact and it was still interesting. Yeah, we'll have a, a thought piece race. Do, do we know the lines, the, the betting lines on this race? No, but I would imagine that Max is the only negative number and Lewis is probably a, a short underdog, probably like plus, one, plus 110 or something. Plus 110, yeah. That's, I think exactly right. Do we know his third? Do we know what? Uh... Probably Checo. I think that's right as well. Damn. All right. <laughs> is Botas fourth then? Or maybe Charles? Charles or Pierre, probably. I don't think how is Ferrari expected to do in this circuit? I didn't expect Ferrari to be very competitive at Coda, and they were pretty awesome. Dark red horse. I just don't know what hey. to I don't know what to do with them anymore. I mean, Charles mm-hmm. had a, a great weekend. 
Carlos was solid. McLaren looked good, but Lando's in some kind of funk. So, yeah. Lando's depressed. Lando's too hard on himself. He needs to be a bit more self-compassionate. Yeah. yeah, that's honestly true. Like all joking aside, you know, there was that talk a while ago that he uh, he gave on like some daytime show or something talking about mental health and like how down in the dumps he would get about himself. And yeah, I mean, like it, it was cool just to like hear somebody talk about that, but you can really see it with him sometimes. It's it's honestly like genuinely sad. Like he's really young and you can tell that he like expects the world of himself, not in like a a hyper competitive, arrogant way, like, you know, Max can come across as, but in like, uh, needs some self love kind of way. I feel bad for the kid. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he kind of came off that big high of those two, those two uh, awesome finishes, and he's been pretty mediocre. Has it been two races since then? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, you're almost seeing like the sort of like, uh, little ditty about Jack and Diane life goes on, you know, long after the thrill of living is gone. You mm. uh, get a, a podium and almost a second one. And then all of a sudden you go back to being P seven and it kind of sucks, especially when everyone sort of thought this is the beginning of your ascent to greatness. Well, you know, I think it's still his ascent to greatness. I really do. You know, anybody who was, who was getting like that much stock put in them that early on, Unless you're just a complete like freak beast who also has like an insanely good string of luck, you're you're gonna have little like peaks and valleys as you as you get started until you really find your footing. I mean, Max has been in the sport for a few years. He's only now like you know looking at a, a serious shot at the world championship. A, a lot of it's experience. You know, you see that in pretty much any sport. I don't think any of our our expectations have changed for Lando, but after those two races, we were sort of looking at McLaren as ascendant, like all of a sudden, you know, they were fringe S tier, you know, Danny looked like he was taking a step forward a little bit. And Lando was just, Lando was just wrecking yeah. shop. It, it feels like we've been waiting for Lando to take that step forward. So when he did, I think everybody, him included, thought that that was going to be for good. And for whatever reason, it hasn't been. Yeah. I don't think our expectations have changed. I just think that. Yeah. I, I think it, it might just, it, it's, it's going to take a, a little bit more, a little bit more experience and you know he's gonna have these periods where he's gonna expect more out of himself and he's just not gonna hit it for a while and that's okay Aww. easier said than done yeah he had a really tough that in 2019 mexico he uh he drove out of the pit and one of his wheels wasn't fully on and they, oh, had, to, they had to like physically wheel his the car back into the pit because apparently if you go into reverse during a race you're automatically disqualified which i didn't oh really wasn't that a that was a Danny race I was um, on on Renault? I think it was one of Danny's first races with Renault when he had to reverse out of a runoff area. The and, back uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember him uh, DQing over that, but uh, yeah. I think he also hit somebody though. So he ran. He hit Kvyat. He didn't see him, and it was really oh, funny. Right. He was like super embarrassed. Mm -hmm. I think it was. I think it was 2019 Baku. Well, anyways, the pit crew came out and like literally walked the car back into the pit. And he uh, he came out like three laps back. It was kind of a bummer. I mean, I think it's just, it's kind of adding up. I can see why he's frustrated. I was surprised at his lack of pace in, in, in Coda as well. Apparently he made some mistakes in qualifying. His race wasn't great. He was in that, you know, scuffle with Daniel and, and Carlos and he lost out. So from his standpoint, that's probably not good enough. But yeah, I mean, he is too hard on himself 
He's right behind Sergio Perez. He's a point behind in the standings in a in a worse car and a you know demonstrably worse car. So yeah, he's got a lot to be proud of. But I can you know with five races to go, it seems to be like the season seems to be slipping out of his fingers, and you know he's probably pushing a little bit of the panic button. Yeah. Do you want to do predictions real quick? Totally, uh, totally, totally uninformed top fives. Let's go. Tommy, you're up. Okay. Well, you know, it's, it's not fun being the one who guesses the insane stuff when you're also the one going first. (laughs) Um, All right. I'm going to say, I'm going to say Lando Norris P1. All right. I'm going to say for P2, I'm going to say, Charles Leclerc. Ooh. For P3, I'm going to say Max Verstappen. All right. P4, I'm going to say Terry Botas. Yeah. And for P5, I'm going to say the classic timeless P5, Daniel Ricciardo. Oh, I thought you were going to say Gasly. No. America, I was going to say America's P4. I got my top five. David, you want to go? Yeah. Uh, so it's going to be Max and Checo, one, two, followed by Lewis Hamilton, followed by Charles and Gasly. Amelia, you want to? Yeah. Up? Let's say Max, one, Lewis, two, Checo, three. Let's say Gasly, four, just for fun, and Carlos, five. Ooh. Hey. And I'm going to say, yeah, I think pretty sexy top five. I, I think the, even my uh, generally Red Bull agnostic heart thinks that Verstappen Perez is pretty likely. I think if it's going to be Verstappen Perez, there's going to be some problems with, with Hamilton. So let's do, no, let's, let's get sexy. Leclerc third, Botas fourth. And why not? Yuki and fifth. So oh. I think you're predicting a Red Bull constructors lead. So thank you for that. It could happen, man. I think that would put them up there. They're like 20 something points behind. So yeah. I would do it. I mean, yeah. if we see a really, really bad Mercedes race, like like if uh Botas somehow winds up like outside of the top 10, which is completely possible. 100 percent Yeah, I mean, it's it's not that big of a difference between one and two right now. Can I make a long-term prediction? Oh, yeah, sure. That I've been thinking about and ruminating over this whole week. David, long-term prediction. I think Max is going to win the next three races. And I know I'm going to regret saying this on tape, but I think he's going to win the next three and he's going to clinch the championship in Saudi Arabia. I think you would be a lot more convincing saying this if you were putting money down on it. So who, who wants some? We'll talk about it, but... <laughs> I feel like you always have like the complicated parlay bets on deck where you're like, well, like Max wins the next three races, Ricardo gets P10 and like, and both Haas's finish. Then I win $5,000. <laughs> well, I got one for Good you. Happen. I think, I think Kelly PK is going to leave Max Verstappen for Susie Wolf, who will refuse <laughs> okay, to leave Toto Wolf no, I love for this. Kelly PK. I love this. Oh, in my heart of hearts, I hope that's true. Can yeah. we can we elaborate? Can we get a little like uh, faint erotica about Kelly PK and Susie Wolf, like you know, brushing hands in the paddock, walking past each other? 
Okay, Not here, only on the Patreon. Some incredible perfume just passes by Susie and she has oh. to know what it is. And it's a Formula One fragrance. Is and- that sandalwood and burnt rubber? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love this. Love it. I don't know. I don't see. I don't see Susie leaving Toto. No, I don't think she's going to leave Toto. I think Kelly's going to be left out to dry because she feels this uh, this undeniable hunger for the wolf. She needs Susie Wolf. She's hungry (laughs) Hungry for the wolf. Yeah, kind of backed into that one. Automatically disqualified for putting it in reverse. (laughs) 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 All right, so... Hazel Southwell says on Twitter, Google can't tell me if the F1 Paddock Club does a club sandwich called the Paddock Club, which is very (laughs) important to find out, obviously. Can someone who is fancy please give me further details? Do you think the F1 Paddock Club has a sandwich called the Paddock Club, or do we think that that is uh, too dry humor or maybe just too funny for uh, the F1 Paddock Club? I didn't understand the question, but I think it's actually <laughs> called. I think it's actually called the knickknack paddock whack. <laughs> I think it's a it's a fish sandwich, and it's called the F one Haddock Club. Haddock Club, that's a good one. That's no. good. No, <laughs> uh, y'all are not feeling sandwich talk. No, no, I'm just I'm thinking it over. Yeah, I had the worst twenty dollar pulled pork sandwich of my life at Coda. Really? Uh, yeah, for breakfast on Friday on the Friday. So not not great. Twenty bucks is a lot for a sandwich. Like I know I'm just like a vegetarian. That's airport prices. Yeah. Yeah. It was like twenty to thirty dollars a meal at the race. What was wrong with the sandwich? Was it just like dry? dry. Was, it sauce? was it overcooked? Cold, dry. I mean, I was in Texas, so I thought like, oh, like this barbecue this thing. Yeah, it was, there was good food at the race, but I just stumbled upon this brick of a pulled pork sandwich. It's probably some European country that has a contract with F1. <laughs> they were contracted, you know, some British, some British company that somehow got the contract to make pulled pork sandwiches at Austin. Do we want to talk about the popularity rankings? I think they're two weeks old at this point. I think they're accurate. I think they reflect my sentiment and the sentiment of the F1 nation. No, it was interesting. This is something about Austin that I did want to bring up as well. It was a pretty pro Red Bull crowd. It was a very pro Checo crowd. It was hilarious to see Esteban Ocon pass by the crowd and get not one clap the entire weekend, not one cheer, nothing. Latifi, same thing. Like, complete silence the entire weekend and people were clapping for almost every car and also the ferrari fans they weren't like leclerc fans they weren't like carlos fans like no one clapped for carlos like a lot of ferrari fans but like you couldn't tell that they were charles or or carlos fans they were just like ferrari fans they're like raiders fans it's as much just about like being there and being a fan i felt like every ferrari fan was like there to fuck like (laughs) Like there were good looking fans all over the place, but like every Ferrari fan was like, you want some? And I was just like, (laughs) Ferrari are the hottest fans. They tried the hardest. So yeah. (laughs) Who smoked the most cigarettes? 
Oh man. The Haas fans. <laughs> the yeah, Gun- Gunther himself smokes the most cigarettes. <laughs> He's just nerve- nervous behind the back. The whole pack of Paul Malls right next to the fuel. <laughs> they should all have to dip before they put their helmets on when they, yeah. when they race in Austin. Now, I'm pretty sure they're using grinds. This podcast brought to you by grinds. <laughs> Try out their new salted caramel flavor, which I am yet to do, but that's their new flavor. If you dare. If you, if you dare. If you're nasty. What surprised me on this list was that Mercedes was so low that Alpine was so high. I'm surprised people like Alpine more than, I mean, I don't know more than what, but it really seems like the bottom five are kind of a, it could be any of them. The bottom six, really. I mean, Haas obviously is number 10, but I really feel like Alpine Williams Aston Martin, Alpha Tori, and Alpha are all. No, I, I feel like there's enough exciting stuff going on there to keep it kind of interesting outside of Haas, which is at least an enjoyable shit show. Like, yeah, but- I mean, Alpine, look, we've got Alonzo, and like, he is just such a weird, demonic person. I love him so much for it. Ocon, <laughs> sad boy, thing. you know. Alpha's just weird. Alpha Romeo, I mean, just strange, odd energy at play there. I don't know what to make of them, but they're getting Terry. So, you know. Yeah, keep an eye on Florida man. Uh, Williams is ascendant. That helps as well. I think that more than anything, it's just like those are not like McLaren, Red Bull, Ferrari, Mercedes are like iconic teams, and everyone yeah. else is like they're fun to watch because of what's going on with their actual drivers. But like everyone has a choice among the top four and the bottom five. If you're paying attention to the sport, you have opinions about it, but like no one's like, hell yeah, I can't wait to go out there and cheer for Williams. You know, I, I'd say if, if there's a, a boringest team on the uh, on the grid for me right now, it's got to be Aston Martin, hands down. Yeah. God, it's like, I, 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 was, I, was, I, was, I was sitting here struggling to remember who it was, who the last team was. <laughs> yeah. It shouldn't be the case when you have four-time world champion Sebastian Vettel on your team. And yeah. Friend of the bees. Also, I mean, he loves picking up trash so much. That's why. Okay, so yeah, let me let me circle back on this because there is a little clip of him like asking the Austin GP attendees to please pick up their trash. And as an attendee, I was a little bit miffed because by and large, most people were throwing their trash away. It just so happened that every trash can was full. So Seb, if you would like to you know, I don't know, talk to like the circuit people about the amount of trash cans they have by all means, because everyone was throwing their crap away. They just happen to be overflowing. Like, bro, you don't know what the hell you're talking about. This motherfucker comes to our country (laughs) and wants to speak to the manager of the crowd. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, what important things we have to discuss? Oh, uh, there's a video of George. Uh, I think it was like Formula Week or something, but they were like George Russell, dead set on like defeating Al. Basically, it was just like George Russell dedicated to, to like having Williams beat Alfa Romeo, and it's just like who cares? <laughs> like, I feel like that kind of pairs nicely with the popularity rankings discussion. It's like George Russell. He's just trying to win. I don't think he's like. Can't wait to go out there and like get uh, two more points than Alfa Romeo for this, for the glory of my Williams friends. It's like a rat dead set on biting pigeon. (laughs) (laughs) 
interviewing the rat. The rat. I'm very confident about my performance. (laughs) I know we've got what it takes out here. Uh, We're going to spread this disease. (laughs) Promise my fans. Promise my fans. I give this pigeon Hep C. (laughs) (laughs) This one's for the fans. Let's see what else. Saber Cook GOP endorsement. Uh, We continue to observe. The creep rightward by Formula W, American Formula W, Formula W, fuck. Formula W. <laughs> What's the word I'm looking for? Woman w that races Formula. a race car, Formula W, W series. No, oh, a lady driver, <laughs> uh, a girl driver slash woman racer. <laughs> a driveress. Driverat, nice. Driverat. Driverat. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Anyways, first she uh, she put some very anti-vax adjacent holistic stuff on her Instagram story, and now she is endorsing a local GOP candidate for something. So we will continue. It's a school board election. It's school board. Oh, yeah, she's really, really, really into cool. the nitty gritty. She she's like pilled pilled. <laughs> Saber Cook, come on, Chapo. Honestly, they did like, I feel like this could be a rabbit hole worth watching. She could be up on QAnon Anonymous before too long. And Saber be- Cook should go on Red Scare, if anything. Saber Cook, go on Red Scare. <laughs> uh, we will continue to monitor the situation. Um, does anyone have any thoughts before we move on? During my time on the road, I was wrong place, wrong time with Saber Cook and Fabian Vol- Volvend or whatever her name is. They kept going places and I had just been there the day before and I went all the way up to Denver the next week and guess who was in Denver for Halloween? Saber Cook. I was way too fried and way too exhausted to try and track down where she was hanging out. Your penthouse editor. I never thought it would happen to me. David, only you can save her. Only you can talk some sense into this woman, get her back on the, the righteous path of vaccines and uh, central school board candidates. Make hey, she, backed, she backed a very compelling candidate. I mean, as a small business salon owner, she, she knows a lot about what needs to happen on the school books. So, or the I school did book. really like your theory that they had just misspelled saloon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I almost just said that now. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's true. You, you don't name your daughter after a, an outdated piece of orna- ornamental weaponry unless you want her to turn into a right-wing crank. <laughs> I name my daughter Archibus. <laughs> <laughs> this is my son, Trebuchet. <laughs> so funny enough, I think, wow, Saber Cook was um, endorsing this Republican candidate from Grand Junction. I guess that's where Saber Cook, I don't know, maybe that's where she's from. Maybe that's where she lives. I don't know. You know whose congressional district comprises uh, Grand Junction, Colorado? Tell us. Lauren Boebert. Oh. Oh, yeah. Lauren Bobert, Drive Formula W. Theory. Yeah. So you show us you're really about critical race theory. <laughs> She's the first lady driver to ever like carry a, a, a gun with her in the car. She's gonna be the first one to finish a W series race like last Boy Scout. <laughs> All right. Well I was got an ACOG on that thing. What? <laughs> All right, right. right. call of duty. (laughs)
All right, Warzone. <laughs> <laughs> Call of Duty W series. <laughs> <laughs>